R.I.P. Oscar. R.I.P. Oscar. Man. So we'll just start off with that. Um, Sad news. Sad local news for you guys. Yeah, look, and Facebook participated in this. So hmm, it would have been Saturday. We went to go on a walk, and we noticed in our yard, like between the sidewalk and the road, and a little patch of grass there, there was an itty-bitty baby squirrel about 12 weeks. It wasn't itty-bitty. Not itty-bitty. It was like 12 weeks old. You know, Bigger than the last one we found. Yeah, yeah. This one survived for a little while. Um, So... I picked him up and we you know we gave him some water, gave him like a strawberry, and we put a box in the front yard. It was really it was uh, like one of the cooler nights of the week, and put like a t-shirt and some rags in there and just stuck him in it, you know, to keep him warm. Don't know maybe mom like left him, and oh no 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 the first night I didn't put the box out there. We googled it and we're like, will a mother squirrel take a baby squirrel back? And it said yes. Put it as close to the spot where you found it. So I just put it back in the yard, let nature take its course, and then the next morning. We were outside playing, and I was just being silly, and I was like, Oscar, we called it Oscar, and I'm like, like, come here, squirrel, and this thing actually came running down the tree, and it came back to my beckoning. That's when we made the box. So night after night, the squirrel's living in this box with a t-shirt and, you know, like, some pecans crushed up in it. We would give, like, a syringe of water, and this became, like, our outdoor family pet. And then today... Stupid, stupid squirrel. Stupid squirrel. Sitting at the dinner table, I see it out in the middle of the road. I don't know when it got there. When I came home from work, it was in the driveway, alive, obviously. And I moved him out of the driveway into his box. I'm like, Oscar, don't be dumb. Stay in your box. Sitting there eating dinner, and I just look out into the road, and I see it. For whatever reason, my instant reaction is to get up and go check on it, which it's obviously dead. Okay, and keep in mind, like, he just doesn't say a word, just randomly gets up and walks out the door. So, of course, Myra's like, what is happening? And goes and looks out the window and sees AJ just walk into the street, pick up this squirrel, this dead squirrel by the tail, and just chuck it across the road. (laughs) And she just literally melts onto the floor and just starts sobbing. So it wasn't the best decision. And, like, screaming, like, Oscar, no! It wasn't my best decision You would see in the movie. Yeah. I didn't. I look into the window after I do it, and I see Meyer just sitting there, like, sobbing. And I'm like, ah, oh, dang. Didn't think that one through. I, I, my thought was I saw it dead, and I'm like, well, this hurts, one. Like, he's my little buddy. So I was mad at him. And two, I'm like, I need to get this thing out of sight before my daughter sees it. So I just chuck it, you know, not thinking that she would be watching through the window. And keep in mind, like, we're eating dinner. Crosby sees AJ leave, and so he's, like, crying already because he's, like, mad that AJ left. So he's, like, scream crying. And then Myra just starts melting crying. And I, like, am watching this whole thing unfold, and all I could literally do was laugh. Like, I just started laughing yeah, like a crazy person. Yeah, and then the dogs start barking. It was and a then, mess. Gosh. All of it was a mess. So that's that. If you saw the Facebook post of this squirrel and then you participated with it, welcome to the saga that was Oscar. There's still a sliver of hope. That he's actually somewhere, and that was just a different dead baby squirrel. Mm -mm. But that's a sliver. The rest of the reality is that Oscar got hit by a car. And I just want to put it out there. If you're the person that hit him, if you're listening to that, I got words for you. All right, we're going to talk. Okay? And we're just going to leave it at that. So anyway, welcome to the LP. Glad we could open up with... They're one of the most wild stories of 2022. The thing is, like, if you know us well, you know that our life is literally never boring. Like, mm-hmm. there's just, like, always something. Always something. <laughs> and this week it was Oscar the Squirrel. God bless him. 
So oh um, let's go with our, our old faithful. What's the church doing? Look, guys, if you're listening to this, I need you to come in clutch because this weekend is Okava Wheat Festival. And we only have like three people signed up for the parade stuff. I know more people will probably just show up, but. Well, it's good to have a head count because we need to know how many gloves to get. We need to know how many trash bags to have. Like, we're going to, you know, give supplies to make this cleanup possible. So, however many hands are on deck, we kind of need to know, you know. Yeah. So, numbers matter. So, if y'all could actually sign up so we can get, like, a, you know, an and actual also, head count. like, please just sign up. <laughs> please. <laughs> please just do the work. Please. Yeah, so... Um, and then next weekend is uh, Church at the Park. So pumped up about that. Yeah. That is, yeah, not this Sunday. Correct. The Sunday next after Sunday, that. Yes. So I get to what preach that. I'm excited. I got to preach last um, Oakville Church at the Park, which is super duper cool. Last time I preached Church at the Park, I preached out of the book of Micah. So not, random. Not something that you would anticipate, you know, definitely not a famous, you know, piece of scripture, but. That's what the Lord put on my heart, and I'm not going to question him. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to do that. Don't really know what I'm going to preach about yet. I get to preach again this weekend, too. I get to preach this Sunday. We're going to stay in Matthew chapter 6. We're still doing the series on Seek First the Kingdom of God. Uh, now that we've gotten out of prayer, and we've studied that, and you know we're in motion on that, um, we're just going to kind of dig into Seek First the Kingdom of God. Like, what does that look like? is a Christian. And, um, you know, this Sunday I shared my testimony after I could shared his testimony and got into, well, don't worry. Cause a lot of my testimony was just a bunch of dramatic, you know, way worse than Oscar's life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it basically grows us into, you know, the, the aspect of not thinking about our life and being selfish about our life and our views and our wants and our needs but to start becoming selfless and seeking first the kingdom of God um, in our life. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm excited to explore that piece of scripture and, and dig in a little deeper. Um, a couple of things about your sermon. One, um, I, you know, I love you a lot. I got emotional a couple of times during yeah. your sermon, but man, it really just like testimonies get you. You know, and then when it's somebody you love, it's like tenfold, you know. But um, I thought the next day I was on Facebook and I actually saw that the following day after your um, sermon was Suicide um, Prevention Day or Suicide Awareness Day So or it's Suicide Awareness Month. September is dedicated to like suicide prevention. Yeah. And so which is super like, bizarre because, you know, it's actually, this is around the time of year that all those things started unfolding. Yeah. And so, um, you know, hopefully if somebody heard your sermon and they needed it, then, you know, that made an impact on them there. But also, um, one of the things that stuck out to me, um, and I know that this was a line that stuck out to you as well, was the line that you had mentioned of, um, uh, there's not a story that's ever written meant to be untold. Yeah. Um, no great then, story was ever written to remain unheard. And what was funny was when you first read me your sermon and you first said that line, like my mind instantly went to like the fact that God's the author of our story, 
you know, and, but then you went into that. And so that was super cool. But, um, I just really liked the, um, the thought process, the vision of like, man, every single chapter of your life has a purpose. Every day of your life has a purpose, every struggle, every triumph, every deep valley and high mountaintop, like each Mm -hmm. one has a purpose. And when you're in it, in the moment, it's like so hard to remember that because it's like, I don't want to go through this. Like, why should I have to go through this to help somebody out later? Like, that's not fair. Yeah. You know, but then like in, when you're looking at it later in life, like you can see like, okay, like I get it. Like I see what God did there. Like I see how he can use me here. And then at that point you can just start praying like, okay, lead me to whoever you need me to go to, you know, like yeah, exactly. take me where I need to go to serve you with this uh, yeah. season. So yeah. something that I had thought of afterwards, I'm not sure if I mentioned it in my sermon or not, but you know, like I, I wasn't emotional with myself, you know, after preaching it because it brought back all these dark memories and stuff like that. But I got so emotional each time and I had to go sit by myself for a minute after preaching it because I would see the goodness of God. Like I would preach those things and then I would wrap it around. I wrapped it around, you know, I told my story and all the horrors and things, but then I would get to, I'm saved and I'm forgiven and I'm free. And it's just like, for me to be able to proclaim that to others is so good. But like, I proclaimed that to myself over and over again. I didn't realize I was going to have that privilege as I was, pardon me, writing that story. I didn't, I didn't realize I was going to feel that privilege from it, that I got done with it. And I'm just like, man, like I got to tell myself again, I've never written my testimony down. So I think that's a really good exercise. And we had mentioned it before, write your story down, practice that out. So you have the opportunity to get into that in detail. Yeah. So, you know, between now and then I would encourage you to write it down and then write what God has done for you now and where you rest with God and what you where you're at in your walk, because man, that's just so good to remind yourself of God's faithfulness. Um, another thing was, like you said, every story has a purpose and sometimes it's hard to see why God's doing those things. And I think a really humbling thing we can do to ourselves is if you know that you're saved and you know that your story has a purpose and something I had mentioned was, I'm glad that God took me through that. I mean, again, some of the things that I've, I, they still bring me pain to think about them and to relive those moments, but I'm glad I got to do that because I have gotten to talk to people about that before. I'm clearly not the only one that struggled with depression and self-harm and suicidal thoughts and things like that, but I've gotten to talk to other people about it. And for somebody that hasn't been through that, that's a really awkward conversation. And it's a really awkward conversation for me to have with people, but people need to talk about it. And I've had the opportunity to talk to people, and I think I really changed some people's lives by having those hard conversations. So yeah, well, I'm glad. As somebody who loves books and loves reading, like my mind was like went to whenever I'm in the depths of like a good story, I never question why would the author make the Man, main character go through that. What a thought! You know, I never think about that, and so it was just that's where my mind went was. You know, you read this story and you read it as a whole, as a whole book, you know, and each chapter has its purpose. And, you know, the main character, you see it going through and you never think like, why does this have to right, happen? Like, why does this have, you're just like, yes, like, give me all the action, you know? <laughs> and like, 
Yeah. And so. And, and you know, know there's a happy ending. Yeah. We would hope that there's a happy ending. Yeah. Most of the time. I used to read these books by Ellen Hopkins. Shoot. And they were, bro, they were always so intense. Like, you have to have a pretty strong heart to read them. They're yeah. not, I don't, they're not based Bad. on real stories, but they're like based on. It's things that can happen. Yeah. Like it's, it's not science fiction. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, I say that because, I mean, the character plots are intense but some of them are super relatable and those were my favorite ones like the ones that i could relate to mm-hmm. and so i'm like obviously people want to relate to you you know yeah. and god's writing your story so that you can relate to that certain somebody and we've all been through something that somebody else is going to go through and so anyway yeah so there was that um another thing was um every time even when you read me your sermon before and then i noticed every time that you preached it when you got to the line about Justin Elms knocking on our door, you like choked up every time. Every time. It gets me weak just thinking about it right now. Like, cause that's the golden moment. You know, that was like the, now I didn't get saved right then and there. I did not get saved when Justin Elms knocked on our door. No, but here's the beautiful thing about that was that was like, you didn't even know it, but that was the start of such a beautiful friendship for you. Because yeah. when you, when we first started going to Lighthouse, you and Justin Elms like clicked and he just like took me under his wing yeah like he helped grow you in your faith and he walked alongside you in the beginning parts of your faith and man what an awesome impact that justin had on our lives and it was just he's and he doesn't attend lighthouse anymore and he's busy with what he's doing and i'm busy with what i'm doing and we haven't gotten to connect much and that was part of my sermon was i believe that god will do great things with people even if we don't see the fruit, I believe that God will make fruit happen. Even if, you know, if, if we share the gospel with somebody, we might not get to see the fruit and I'm okay with that. And I'm not saying that I'm some big, great gift, but Justin's not getting to see all that much of what I'm doing anymore. And I think I'd make him really proud. Like yeah, sure. I know that if I share the gospel with somebody and kind of take them under my wing and then I look back, you know, and see the thing, you know, see them doing what I'm doing today. Again, not that I'm some special gift, but like, you know, you knock it's on somebody's like door and they became a preacher, you know. Yeah, it's just proof that you don't know what God will do with the seeds you plant. Yeah. Like, just plant the seeds and watch how he grows them, you know. So cool. So yeah, cool. Man. So something else going on uh, at church while we're talking about church and sermons and things like that. We did put... Uh, new names up on our little prayer wall thing. Calista put the ribbons together. She got names cut out. We got a Bible verse there. It's on the wall. We might put some more decorations around it just to make it a more prominent piece, something that's a little more, you know, catching to the eye. So we're drawn to it to think about it and to see it and to want to participate. Um, is more names to pray, pray about. Um, last month, we did just people from the church, you know, frequent families, frequent visitors. Um, people just to pray for and encourage, you know, hopefully you've talked to those people, maybe try to meet up with them, just get to know a little more about them. This month, it is members of the pastor search team. So what was it? Seven people have been picked to be on the pastor search team. And that's going to be hopefully not an exhausting process, but it could be an exhausting process. Um, it's going to take a lot of, you know, spirit. Obviously, we want the Holy Spirit to participate in the next leader that we pick. So Calista put all those names up. She picked a, you know, cut them all out. And um, and here's the thing. I know it's easy to be like, I'm just going to pray for the search team. And you can pray for the search team. And I get that. But 
man, there's just something powerful in the thought of like if everybody in our church was praying specifically for a name, for a name, for on a that breathing team. person. And like I said, I know it's easy just to pray for the search team as a whole, but I took two names and I'm going to tape those names onto my computer just like I did the family mm-hmm. that I got previously. And every time I sat down at my computer, I saw that name and I was able it's to okay pray. It's okay to pray 35 times a day for the same thing. Right. <laughs> and so, man, I know that you might be thinking, I don't need to grab one of those names because I'm just going to pray for the search team. But I just implore you, not because I put a lot of work into it or like literally no selfish whatever to that at all. I just want to, you know, I want us to be, man, I desire us to be a praying church. I desire us to be an intentional church. And I just think that if we are intentional about praying and seeking the Lord, he's going to do crazy cool things at Lighthouse. Yeah. Well, something I'd read, um, I think it was Bart Ehrman, who's like a renowned atheist, you know, somebody who denies God, denies the existence of God. Um, and he's a scholar in these things. He had once even said in an interview, like, man, if Christians knew the power of prayer, they would never stop praying. Yeah. If Christians knew how scared Satan was about the power of prayer, they would never stop. And I, that's absolutely true. That's 100% true. Satan trembles at our prayers because he knows that God is listening to us. God's going to listen, talk. And I think, I think that's really important. I'm not going to stop talking about prayer. <laughs> I'm not going to stop kicking that horse. Never. Never. So um, there's that. In other local news, more sad local news. No. Yeah. The custard stand is officially closed until further notice. I saw that. I just saw that. The custard stand in Cesar. I don't know how. Like, it's I mean, because they don't have enough help, they said, for the amount of people that come. I was going to say, I know basis. they got the income. I mean, yeah. It's because they don't have enough workers Damn. for the people. Pray yeah. for the custard stand. Yeah, man. That's like the a custard stand. It's the cu- yeah, it's a staple of like Ren Lake. So you know? I don't think they're going to like shut down for good by any means. And their season was pretty much over anyway. Yeah. But hopefully by next year, they'll be able to be back up and running. Make like a grand comeback. Yeah. So let's hope so. Yeah. Okay, so one last thing before we end this thing. We're going to cut the episode a little shorter this week since we ran long last week in the devotion that we've been doing, the 21-day devotion, um, or 21 days of discipleship. I am behind on it. I've not been reading it daily like I Get should. Get together. Come on, man. <laughs> um, I was catching up on it today, and a paragraph um, that I came across was this, and I'll read it to you word for word because I just think it's awesome. The best way to do this is to get to know him. We can all recognize that when we spend a lot of time with someone, we start to pick up and subconsciously practice the little things they say and do. How cool would it be if we started picking up Jesus stuff to the point where we found ourselves doing these things that he would do and saying the things that he would say? That right there is discipleship. I love that. I love that so much because it's so true. Like, And I see it a lot myself. I am a very impressionable person. Um, I listen to podcasts. I haven't listened to podcasts in a while, but whenever I was listening to podcasts, I know that my preaching style would reflect that. 
because I would listen to other people preach and you start preaching like they do. I would listen to other people tell jokes, so I tell jokes like they do. So I don't know if y'all are like me, but I am a very impressionable person. And I think, honestly, a lot of us are, you know, the kind of you are what you eat kind of thing. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more time you read the words that Jesus said, you're going to start doing more things that Jesus does. And man, that's just such a such a cool thing, you know. Let's be chameleons for Christ. Boom. Boom. Look at that. Be chameleons for be Christ. Be chameleons for Christ. Do we got another t-shirt? Yeah, I was just thinking Woo! that. Speaking of t-shirt, we are going to drop those, just not yet, because we want to get a couple more Kind of build there. the store up. Yeah. Get a couple options ready for you. But anyway, yes, that is just so good. I and love it's so that. true. Yep. All right. We won't linger on it. What do you got? What do you got to end us out? Come on. End us on a high note. We talked about a dead squirrel, some depression stuff. Seriously, what a sad Ooh. episode. <laughs> um, well, I know we usually end with animal facts, but I thought we'd end it a little different. I know there's people out there that just love those animal facts, but we're going to end it a little differently today. All right. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. It's a would you rather question. Oh, are we going to do just one or a couple? I don't know. It depends let's, on how long it takes. Let's, all right. Let's see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> would you rather fight a shark or a tiger you said we weren't ending with animal facts but here's a fact i'm stronger than a shark and a tiger put together so i'd fight them both at the oh same time I, out of town. <laughs> a shark or a tiger oh yeah. gosh i mean i know what i would pick i think i would pick Shark. Yeah, me too. Hands down. Tigers have claws. Sharks got fins. I mean, sharks tigers are pretty have nimble. claws and they're cats. They're nimble. Yeah, and they're fast. I mean, I know tigers are fast, but if you just like grab their gills and rip. You mean, you, you know, sharks are fast? Yeah, what did I say? Tigers. Oh, yeah. well, tigers Gil, are fast. Grab their gills and rip. <laughs> that's, Whoa, that's <laughs> That's my fighting mechanism. I think you're supposed to punch a shark in the eye. I was going to I think you it's put the nose. Thumb. No, no, you punch the him nose. in the nose or you put your thumb in their eye. I would kick it in the nose and kick then it, I'd get on kick top in water. of it. Have you tried to kick in water? Have and you tried to I, run in the water? Listen, I'm not like, picturing the shark in water. <laughs> I'm picturing the shark, just me and the shark on land, okay? And I'm going to kick it in the nose and then I'm going to get on top of it. I'm going to skills. You can just walk away. <laughs> what do you mean? Just get away from it. We just could have find a beach shark and start kicking the snot out of it. What's wrong with you? What? <laughs> Give me another one. That was terrible. Okay. Um. Let's see. Would you rather... Some of these are so silly. Would you rather live forever aging at the normal rate or just... Or stay young, but like die. What at that... a normal age? Okay, let me. Would you I rather... rephrased it a little bit from what it said. Okay, would you rather live forever, aging at a normal rate? So like, oh, you're living so... forever, but you continue to get wrinkly and old. Okay. Or would you rather die at your normal age, but like look young for your whole life? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So would I feel young too? But just like, so I'm like, like. 25 year old aj only i'm 90 and one day it's just done yes huh bro what i feel like that's the easiest question ever what would you do i would just stay young i mean as long as my i mentally mature you know like i don't think anybody wants to be 940 years old (laughs) my my back hurts at 30 picture like (laughs) you being like 900 years old just looking like a kidney bean i don't know why that's the person (laughs) 
just shriveled up and miserable. Oh, no. Gosh. Yeah, that sounds terrible. I don't know. This may have been the worst ending to an episode <laughs> ever. Calista called old people kidney beans and she would punch a defenseless shark. She'd rip its gills open. If you've learned anything about the Harris family today. Wow. All right. I feel like we should look up one animal fact. Come on, hold on. Mike, would you rather question? Hey Google, tell me a random animal fact. Wow. What? Tools. So apparently, crows are the considered one of the world's smartest animals, and they can make tools. Super interesting. Like, do you think they can just like wield a hammer? Is yeah, that what that's called. Wielding? Uh, no. Yeah, wielding. smithing. Uh-huh. Wielding is holding it. When what? you smith something, you create it. I always thought wielding it was like no, the process means of you like hold it. hitting the metal. No, I forget what that's called. Well, a smithing. Yeah, it's blacksmithing. If anything, everybody listens to the podcast has lost a mad respect for Calista today. Doesn't know what wielding is. <laughs> Kicking hopeless sharks in the face. And calling old people kidney beans. Okay, 900 years old, you'd look like a kidney bean. Get out of town. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We love you. I hope you found some joy in this. Um, Your keyword for this week, if you see us, is kidney beans. Kidney beans. Kidney beans. Let's go. All right, guys. We love you. you.